Good morning and welcome to our anniversary Sunday service. Thank you for being here today. Uh, it's a busy Sunday, so we're going to keep going and start with a victory song. It says, Oh, victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. He sought me and bought me with His redeeming blood. Let's stand and let's sing victory in Jesus. I heard an old, old story How a Savior came from glory How He gave His life on Calvary To save a wretch like me I heard about His groaning And His precious blood atoning Then I repented of my sins And won the victory Oh, victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. He sought me and bought me with His redeeming blood. He loves me ere I knew Him, and all my love is to Him. He plunged me to victory beneath the cleansing flood. I heard about His healing, of His cleansing power revealing, how He made a lame to walk again, and caused the blind to see. And then I cried, dear Jesus, come and heal my broken spirit. And somehow Jesus came and brought to me the victory. Oh, victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. He sought me and bought me with His redeeming blood. He loved me ere I knew Him, and all my love is to Him. Plunge me to victory beneath the cleansing flood. I heard about a mansion he has built for me in glory. And I heard about the streets of gold beyond the crystal sea. About the angels singing and the old redemption story. Some sweet day I'll sing up there the song of victory. Oh, victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. He sought me and bought me with His redeeming blood. He loved me ere I knew Him, and all my love is to Him. He plunged me to victory beneath the cleansing flood. Amen. Good morning. If you have victory in Jesus, could you say amen? amen? Amen. Shall we pray? Heavenly Father God, thank you, Lord, for the wonderful privilege just to be here in your house today, Lord. Lord, thank you for the wonderful 58 years of being chartered um, Plantation Baptist Church. Thank you for being faithful. Thank you for being, thank you for just providing, not only to our, for our church, but to our church family. 
Lord, as we prepare our hearts to this morning to come to the Lord's table, Lord, I pray that we remember what happened at Calvary. The shedding of your blood, Lord, you paid the ultimate penalty on the cross, not only for me, but for all of mankind, so everyone can have a personal relationship with you. If you're here today and you never received Christ as your Savior, today is a wonderful, wonderful opportunity to come forward and accept Christ into your heart. Lord, I pray you be with our service today. Move in a way that we we understand the preaching of the word and just minister to us today, Lord. Lord, be with us now, Lord, as we just continue to praise and worship in your son's name we pray. Amen. At this time, you may be seated as Pastor Come for Baptism. Amen. So good to see you. Welcome to our anniversary Sunday, 58 years, celebrating God's faithfulness to our church. What a wonderful and blessed way to celebrate an anniversary Sunday by participating in the two ordinances that are given to the church, that being the table of the Lord, which we will do in a few moments, and the water baptism, that which we are going to undertake right now. It's our prayer at our church that the waters of baptism are always stirred as people find themselves submitting themselves to believers' baptism. I always take a moment and just make sure we understand what water baptism is. These folks that are about to be water baptized are not being baptized to be saved. They are being baptized because They are saved. Nowhere in the Bible will you find that water baptism brings about salvation. Many times you will hear people say, well, I need to be water baptized so I can go to heaven. The Bible does not teach that. We get to go to heaven because of the shed blood of Jesus Christ. And baptism is just a testimony that we have received the Lord. So as the folks come into the table or into the uh, waters of baptism, they will stand here and in a moment I will put them under the water and then I will bring them back. Water baptism pictures the death, the burial, and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. This is why we believe and know that that word is immersion in the water. Pastor, I was sprinkled as a child, or I was sprinkled later after salvation. You will not find sprinkling in the Scripture. You find immersion in the Scripture. And the reason for that is because of what the picture it is. We believe that Jesus died, He was buried, and He rose again. It also symbolizes what has happened to us. As a sinner, I came to the Lord Jesus I identified His death on the cross. I identified in His baptism. And I have been created new in the salvation of the Lord. So you'll hear me say, buried in the likeness of His death, raised to walk in newness of life. Not only does it picture the Lord's death, burial, resurrection, but it pictures Tom Hunter and these folks here that my old man has been crucified with the Lord. My sins are buried in the grace of the Lord. And I have been uh, made new in the Savior's life. And so I've been created new 
in Christ. Baptism is a command, it is a testimony, and it is a declaration of who Jesus is, what He has done, and what has happened to me. But it does not wash away our sin. Okay? Matter of fact, the water's kind of dirty up here. It, it's, it's not going to aid in any type of cleansing, to be honest with you. Right? So, they understand that. But I know this service is going over the airwaves, and I know that you are listening. So let's be very clear. Does a person have to be water baptized to go to heaven? No. The Bible clearly teaches. If you're thinking that you get to go to heaven because you've been water baptized, but you've never been born again, then you must be born again. Water, biblical water baptism comes after salvation. By the way, every Christian is commanded to be baptized. So if you're 200 years old in this room, and you got saved when you were 10, but you've never been water baptized, you should submit yourself to water baptism. It's a beautiful picture and ordinance of the church, and one to be celebrated on Anniversary Sunday. And so I'm going to ask Theodore if he would come, and he would join me. How old are you, Theodore? Nine. Nine. Stand on that brick just a second. So... Can you see Theodore? Handsome young man, right? His, si- his sister's going to get baptized in just a moment. Theodore and his sister is a testimony, along with Ashiah, to the children's ministry of Plantation Baptist Church. They were led to the Lord in junior church. Praise God for our junior church workers. Praise God for the gospel that goes on. In there. This is fruit and evidence of your account and your working. And to God be the glory. I was about his age when I got baptized. I'd come to faith in the Lord Jesus, was able to be baptized. I'm 47 now, and I still remember the day that I submitted to water baptism. Theodore, step down if you would, please. Off that brick, turn this way. Let me ask you a question Does Jesus live in your heart? Based on your profession of faith and the commandment given to me in the scripture, I get to baptize you, kid, in the name of the Father. Son and Holy Spirit, buried in the likeness of his death, raised to walk in newness of life. That's Audrey. She said, Pastor, I'm scared. I said, you're scared? She said, I'm not scared to be baptized. I'm scared of all the people out there. Pedro is up here. His wife, Didi, she's up here as well. Mom and dad are here. They just had a child. They have a home where the gospel is, is preached, and the gospel is lived, and what a joy it is for mom and dad to watch their kids be baptized. Audrey, does Jesus live in your heart? Okay, baby, step down here. Let's baptize you for his glory. Based on your profession of faith and the commandment given to me in the scripture, I baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Buried in the likeness of his death, raised to walk in newness of life. Okay. He was so light, she went down fast. Can you see a Shia? From the, step up there. There's a Shia. 
Beautiful young lady. Shia, how old are you? Eleven. She's eleven years old. She's being baptized today with her sister. And she's being baptized today with her mother. What a precious memory. Ashaya also received the Lord in our children's ministry. And uh, we're proud of her. And you know Jesus lives in your heart. Yes. No doubt about it. No. You glad to be saved? Yes. Yeah, I know you're glad to be saved. And, pr- and the Lord is proud of you today for your obedience to Him in baptism. You want to get this through, don't you? Here you go. Step down. <laughs> Step over here. Based on your profession of faith, I get to baptize you today in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Buried in the likeness of his death. Raised to walk in newness of life. He baptized me a little bit on that one. Seventeen years old, Jayla, beautiful young lady. Um, you ever given a camp scholarship? You ever helped a kid go to camp? You ever prayed for a kid to go to the Wilds camp? Jayla got saved at the Wilds. One day when you get to heaven. You're going to stand before the Lord, and the Lord's going to say, thank you for for giving to help young people go to camp. They receive Christ as their Savior. Marvelous young lady, brilliant young lady, gifted young lady. God's going to do great things in this young lady's life. Her life has been changed since she met the Lord Jesus. I'm proud of her, and uh, her mother will follow her in baptism, and so we rejoice for that. You know Jesus lives in your heart. No doubt about it. Wonderful. Step over here if you would. Off of that profession of faith and the commandment given me in the scripture, I baptize you now in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Buried in the likeness of his death, raised to walk in newness of life. She baptized herself. That was easy. Joe and Nadia Charles out there, they're serving in junior church. They're your friends. At least they were your friends. Are they still your friends? They're like family. They invited you to church. You guys used to sit right down there behind Beverly, behind Rod, whole family. One day at the end of one of our services, Maria received Jesus Christ as her Lord and Savior. I hope you, yeah, go ahead. Let me ask you a question. You have friends? You told them about the Lord? You invite them to church? Pastor, they're not that good a friend. You do not know when they hear the gospel what Jesus can do. This is testimony that an invitation at work to a friend can turn into a heart given over to the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise His holy name. I hope and pray that we let our friends know and invite them so that they could hear the truth. Jesus lives in your heart. Yes. He's made you new, hasn't He? Yes. 
And he's been sufficient for salvation and for life. Yes. And he will be. I'm proud of you, Mom. I'm proud of the example you are to your kids and the love of the gospel you presented to them. It's a joy to be baptized with him today. Step, if you would, here. Based on your profession of faith and the commandment given me in Scripture, I baptize you today in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Buried in the likeness of his death, raised to walk in newness of life. Wonderful. 58 years. It's anniversary Sunday. God is faithful. It's going to be a great day. Stand up and holy wave to somebody. Say happy anniversary. Celebrate what God has done. God bless you. remain standing and you've heard the piano playing Jesus Lamb of God worthy is your name let's lift our voices you are my all in all you are my strength when I am weak you are the treasure that I seek you are my all in all seeking you as a precious jewel Lord to give up I'd be a fool you are my all in all Jesus Lamb of God worthy is your name Jesus Lamb of God worthy Taking my sin, my cross, my shame Rising again, I bless your name You are my all in all When I fall down, you pick me up When I am dry, you fill my cup You are my all in all Jesus, Lamb of God Worthy is your name, Jesus, Lamb of God, worthy is your name. Amen. Fantastic. You may be seated. We just want to take a brief moment as we celebrate 58 years anniversary today to look at what God has already been doing and he is at work during our children's ministry and that would be nursery pre-kindergarten kindergarten and first through fifth grade so as the guys skew up the video take a look at what God is already doing at work I've been the nursery director here at Plantation Baptist Church since 2008. 
Our nursery has scheduled workers who will lovingly care for your baby while you hear the word of God preached in one of our services. You can rest assured that your baby is in a clean, safe, and loving environment. We clean and sanitize the nursery after every service. We have nurses and security on call, which is the click of a button. We have a safe, secure check-in system where you'll also receive a pager in case you are needed. Our workers are caring ladies who have been trained in our procedures, most who have been serving faithfully for many years. Our nursery ministry offers you three wonderful opportunities. First, it allows your family to be faithful. It teaches your child from the earliest day possible that church is important to you. Second, it allows you to grow deeper in your walk with the Lord as you focus in on what the Lord has for you personally each week. And thirdly, it will allow you to serve in a ministry where God has called you. If you have any questions or are even willing to serve, come and see me in the nursery. We're on the west side of the building across from the office. The nursery is available during every service, and we can't wait to meet your little one. Good morning. My name is Laura Melody, and I'm the preschool director here at Plantation Baptist Church. This includes the two-year-olds through five-year-olds. It is our goal here at Plantation that the children have a loving and Christ-centered environment. So, as your little one transitions from the nursery into the twos class, they begin learning how to sit and listen to Bible lessons from God's Word. They sing songs that help place biblical truths in their hearts and minds and do crafts that correlate with the lesson that has been taught. It is such a joy to see these children move into the fours and fives classes. At this age group, we continue to partner with parents as the children continue to learn verses and biblical foundations that they will carry with them into the future. My name is Anais Espinosa, and I am the Director of Programs for Children here at Plantation Baptist Church for our kids from kindergarten through grade 5. Our mission at Plantation Baptist Church is to give children a clear presentation of the Gospel, to present them with a biblical worldview, to be a place where children can have fun, to create opportunities to connect to families, and to lay a foundation for continued growth in the church youth ministry and beyond. Our elementary school-age children are taught sound doctrine in a safe place in the context of carefully prepared and planned programs. Programs such as Junior Church, which we offer at both our 8.30 and 11 a.m. worship services. Junior Church prepares kids for a lifetime of spiritual growth by establishing a foundation in biblical literacy and a challenge towards developing discipleship and internalizing godliness. This uplifting, nurturing child care frees up parents to be able to learn in their own adult service. Our Sunday School classes provide the principal vehicle for Bible teaching. The goal of the program is to impart Bible knowledge through Bible study and discussion. Sunday School teachers employ object lessons, read scripture, and share life application with students. Fewer rotating teachers make this an ideal opportunity for encouraging deeper relationships through prayer requests and getting to know you questions. We are excited to reintroduce our Sunday School classes soon. Year-round, whether it's Vacation Bible School, Children's Choir, 
Awana, or the Children's Christmas Program, we take every opportunity to show the love of Christ to our kids and to lay the groundwork for a lifetime of seeking God's will for their lives. To find out more how you can become a part of our team, you can find me on the west side of the church on Sunday mornings doing check-in, or you can call our church office during the week and ask to speak to one of our staff members about how to get involved. know what you're thinking. You want to go back to the children's ministry, don't you? I, I wonder, just for testimony's sake, you were saved under the age of 12. Anybody, you were saved under the age of 12, right? And I would dare say, probably, you were in a church that had a good children's ministry, um, all the way from the nursery all the way up through the elementary. You just saw evidence from the water baptisms of what God can do through a good children's ministry. And um, I'll tell you, the devil is after our children. He would love to sift our children. And he would love to sift the children of the world. And the children of the world need a place where they can hear about the Savior of the world. And so I'm, I thank God for the children's ministry, um, a planta- <clears throat> Plantation Baptist. I thank God for those of you that are serving in it. And we want our community to know that there is a place where kids can come and they can be prayed for and they can be taught and instructed the Word of God. They can be taught that there is a God, that that God created them, that they are not just an accident or that they did not evolve. They were created with God's hand, God's love, and with God's purpose. And they can also be told that God so loved them that he sent Jesus to die for them. And so we praise the Lord for what he is doing there. And I wanted you to see that on anniversary Sunday so that we could rejoice together. We have much, much to rejoice over today of God's faithfulness for 58 years. In our 830 service, we had one of our charter members uh, that was in the service. Our church was chartered in 1962. I was not alive. Matter of fact, I didn't come around for 11 years. 1973, I was born. I understand that our church, really and truthfully, God used a man named Everett Lurch. Brother Lurch was attending another church, but God had impressed upon him to start a church. And God worked that out. And our church started, I believe, in 1958-59, downtown Fort Lauderdale. They used to meet in the Daniels Institute. I don't even know what the Daniels Institute was or is, but knowing some of our current or some of our former members, it must have been a crazy place, right? Um, later in 1962, Brother Bernie Rogers came and he chartered the church. As I understand it, I think I am the sixth pastor to pastor Plantation Baptist Church. Brother Rogers built a building. The people built a building just west of downtown, just south of Broward Boulevard, what they met in for years, later became the Broward uh, Rehabilitation Center. Maybe maybe you know where that is, or and I used to drive by there. I think they've torn the building down now, and they have uh, they've constructed some other things. In 1978, they bought property in in the boonies called the acres of plantation now i wasn't in south florida at that time but what i understand is this used to be the place where they had cattle and you came bird hunting and you used to ride your bikes and 
And I guess you had drug deals back then. I hope you weren't involved in those as well. But this was no man's land out here. They found a 10-acre piece of property, and they bought it for $150,000. Today, our property is worth $7 million with the buildings and the property. $150,000. When they bought this property, they were told that 28th Court would be just like a Sunrise Boulevard. So when they bought, they weren't buying at the back of a property. They thought they were buying frontage on a road and things were going to develop. You know, you think you know what is best, but ultimately God knows what is best. And so I wouldn't trade our property for anything in the world. I get offered money all the time uh, for people to want to buy the church, tear it down, build things, do whatever. But this is hollowed ground where the gospel is to be preached, lives are to be changed, and it's been that way since 1978. The building you're sitting in was constructed of church people, and uh, they banded together, and they built the building, and God has blessed and blessed and blessed. As we celebrate today 58 years, we're celebrating the faithfulness of God. I would submit to you, church family, God has been present with us in our past, He's with us now, and He will be with us in the future. And if ever there is a time where the world needs churches to shine the light of Jesus, we live in that day right now. And so, I'm excited. I do believe our best days are ahead of us, and I know that great day is ahead of us when He shall come, and we'll meet Him in the air. Oh, what a day that will be. I have some things to present to you that, uh, announcement-wise... I understand the governor of our state has made a declaration that uh, we're allowed to move forward. I think they called it phase three. I'm not sure anybody in the state knows what that means, right? So as the state is beginning to loosen up, we will begin to loosen up some things. We are headed back to our Sunday school program beginning the first Sunday of November. So not all the classes will open. We're going to consolidate and have about four adult classes, but we are headed back to our Sunday school program in November. Today we opened up our children's ministries at 8.30, and we will continue to do those. We're not able to do the fall festival this year, just not something that we were able to pull together in the climate that we're in, but we look forward to getting that again next year. Of course, we're moving toward Christmas. I don't know about you, but we need Christmas uh, we were shut down to worship the uh, resurrection. I uh, Praise God, let's be open and celebrate the birth of the Lord Jesus. So every year, Christmas is a wonderful time for our church. It begins usually with a children's Christmas program, which we will do uh, in one of our morning services, the second Sunday of December. If you have a child and you want them to participate in our, pra- in our program, then word will be going out about practices on Sunday mornings. Uh, we have a Christmas concert the first Sunday night of December. And uh, Greater Vision, which is an old uh, gospel quartet, they're going to come and uh, sing and sing us the season of Christmas. And it's just usually a wonderful night of music and reflection and blessing. You know we do the Christmas lights. And every year we show those Christmas lights 27 nights usually, 27, 28 nights. Our count is near 50,000 people come and see those lights. Just think about that. That's a lot of people from the community. That's a lot of souls to be one. And so we're planning on doing the Christmas lights, and we'll begin to make presentation for volunteers and so on to do that. But we're going to begin to move 
forward. Um, in order to do the Christmas lights, we need our parking lot. Um, as you drove in the property today, you can see, had it not rained, all the concrete would have been poured. And um, man, I want to say I was praying, but I don't, I, God just didn't let it happen. Let's just say it that way. He didn't let it happen, but hopefully, Lord willing, it will happen this week and uh, the concrete will be poured and we will move forward. Church family, pray with me. Those of you that are watching online, I hope and pray you listen. It will take, we believe, I asked Brother Joe, if we had all the money in the world to finish the project, when could we be done? He felt like we could have it signed, sealed, and delivered by the first Sunday of November, which would be plenty time for the Christmas season. In order to do that, we feel like we need God to provide $300,000 for us to finish. Now, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking the same thing I'm thinking. I don't have $300,000. I know, but God has $300,000. And God will provide and God has provided. If you would have told me on December 14th of 2019, because we started our building program December 15th, if you would have told me then that our nation was going to undergo all that it has undergone, I would have pulled the plug on that building program. Right? But that would have been an act of fear, and that would have not been what God would wanted us to do. Praise God, we don't always know the future. Right? If God would have told us all that we were going to entail and finish or face, I'm not sure we would have went forward. But God knew. And God has already provided over $700,000 for our building fund. And God can provide what we need. He knows that people are coming and they need to hear the gospel. And He knows they need a place to park their car. I've taught you this. If those of you that have been with us for a while, God has wealth and God has a work. And the way that God gets his wealth into his work is through his people. Pastor, why doesn't the church go buy a lottery ticket? Some people do. Actually, we get them in the offering sometimes. I think you guys keep the five, or you keep the hundred dollars and give the church five. Swap that once in a while, would you please? But, uh, God, God can provide however he wants to, but normally God provides through his people. He enlarges his people and he blesses his people. So I'm asking you to pray that God would do a miracle, that God would provide and that we can see this come and we can finish the building program. Here's what I'd like you to do after church. After church, I want you to see what God has done. There's two ways to do this. You can go out the front doors and you can go that way and you can see the parking lot with your eyes. I don't recommend that tour. I recommend the tour out the back door and go right and walk around the corner and walk out onto that concrete and get a vast view of what is out there. You will not believe how large it feels out there. Let yourself get a vision. When you walk out there and you stand there, I want you to picture families driving in. I want you to picture unsaved people coming, having a place to park their car, a nice walk, coming in here, so like Marie and these, they can receive Jesus as their Savior. Amen? Let yourself get a vision of what God can do, and then pray that God will provide all that is needed. What a joy, what a privilege it will be to see Him do all of those things. I chose our second hymn for us to sing today to prepare our hearts for the communion time and begin that process. And it's an old one that speaks about the fountain of blood that was drawn from Emmanuel's veins. Emmanuel being the Lord Jesus. Sinners plunged beneath that flood. 
lose all their guilty stains. The wording of this hymn will be a declaration of the table of the Lord. It will prepare us as we think about His body that was broken, His blood that was shed. As you think and sing your way through the hymn, I hope you become grateful and thankful for the salvation of the Lord Jesus. And I trust that when your poor, lisping, stammering tongue lies silent in the grave, and in a nobler, sweeter song, we'll sing the power of Jesus to save. What a hymn. Stand if you would. Lift your voice. Let God minister to us in our hymn. There is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins and sinners plunge beneath that flood lose all their guilty stains lose all their guilty stains lose all their guilty stains and sinners plunge beneath that flood lose all their guilty stains the dying tears rejoice to see that fountain in his name and there may I though violence he wash all my sins away wash all my sins away wash all my sins away and there I may though violence wash all my sins away dear dying lamb thy precious blood shall never lose its mark till all the ransomed church of God be saved to sin no more be saved to sin no more be saved to sin no more till all the ransomed church of God be saved to sin no more when this poor lisping stammering tongue lies silent in the grave then in a nobler sweeter song I'll sing thy part to save I'll sing thy part to save I'll sing thy part to save Then in a nobler, sweeter song I'll sing thy part to save Amen. You may be seated. Also today, as part of our anniversary Sunday, we are presenting new members to our church. These are folks that have been born again. These are folks that have been water baptized. 
These are folks that have given testimony as to their salvation experience, uh, evidence that they have been created new. They have gone through our new members class, and we are excited today in our service to present them. In our 8.30 service today, we already presented Ben and Chelsea Miller, Marie Cardi, Richard DeMarcus, and Bill and Esty Hallsworth. At this time, if I read your name, I would ask you to stand and stay standing so the church family knows who you are. Oscar and Kathy Tapia. Oscar is here. His wife, Kathy, is not here. Uh, she's had a knee surgery that will prevent her from being here today, but we're excited to have Brother Oscar here in representation of him and his wife, and I'm sure Kathy is watching online, and so I just want to say, to God be the glory, Kathy, and we're excited for what God is going to do. Jairo and Marcella Vivas, standing in the back, back there. Debbie Strawn, Debbie, Debbie over here and off to my right. Peter and Vanessa Miller, right down front. Joe and Marty Maneo. Marty is back there. She's the lady that does our sign language. And Brother Joe is down front right here. They are not fighting. She is serving the Lord. And Brother Joe is here on the scooter and he is down. Bill and Ruth Keeble, if they would stand right there from New Jersey. Excited to have them. Um, Al, Al Porisi. Where? Al, right here. Al has a wonderful testimony. He was led to the Lord in his native country of Iran and has come to a saving grace in the Lord. God has brought him here and what a joy and a delight. Uh, Oscar and Kathy come by transfer of letter. Jairo and Marcella Vivas come by statement of faith. Debbie Strawn by transfer of letter. Peter and Vanessa by transfer of letter. Joe and Marty by statement of faith. Bill and Ruth by statement of faith. And Al by statement of faith. So, it is my great privilege to present to the church our new members today. If you rejoice with them, would you say amen? amen. Wonderful. God bless you. Let's give them a hand. You may be seated. So delighted. So wonderful. And we already have folks for our next new members class. If you are considering joining Plantation Baptist Church, then I would ask you to call into the church office, put your name on the next new members class, and I teach that on Sunday afternoons, and it, it's just a delight to be part of that as well. All right, let's have our prayer. We'll have our offering. Brother Rod is singing a wonderful song of unity for God's people, and then we will come to the table of the Lord. Pray with me, please. Father, we stop and just pause and just want to say thank you, God. We enter your courts and your gates with praise and thanksgiving. We reckon you to be the true and living God. There is no God but thee and there is no God beside thee. Eternal. Existing. All-knowing. All-powerful. All-present. Immutable. Unchanging God. The creator of mankind. The sustainer of life. The Savior of the world. It is to you that we say, to God be the glory for the great things you've done. In the Godhead, there's the Father, there's the Son, and there's the Holy Spirit. Three in one. One God, three persons. 
So we begin our prayer by acknowledging you, adoring you, and exalting you, and thanking you for your wonderful faithfulness. Father, thank you for being that, our Heavenly Father. I love my dad. I love my dad with all my heart. I had the privilege of growing up with a good dad. As good as my dad is, I have a great heavenly father. I praise you, God. Second person in the Trinity, God the Son, thank you for becoming a man. Thank you for going to the cross. Thank you for giving your life. Thank you for shedding your blood. Thank you for being our Savior. God the Holy Spirit, third person in the Trinity, thank you for indwelling us, sealing us, keeping us. Thank you for being the earnest of our inheritance, the power of God in our lives, the peace of God, the fruit of salvation. We love you. Thank you for being so faithful and blessing your church. We acknowledge who you are and what you've done. I pray, Holy Spirit of God, that you'd bless our service today. Lord Jesus, we're coming to your table to commune with you. You've invited us. What an invitation. I pray your your blessed presence would just be known by everyone in the room. Thank you for our new members today. Thank you for those that have been baptized today. Thank you for those that have been saved this week as we've been preaching the gospel and witnessing to our friends. Oh, to God be the glory for great things you've done. Bless Brother Rod as he sings. Bless the offering, Lord. Lord, bless our building fund. You know people are coming. You know the gospel will be preached. They've got to have a place to park their car, God. It sounds simple, but it's not. It's part of the chain of the gospel. And so we're trusting you. We're simple people. You're eternal God. And I'm asking you, God, as the pastor, and I'm standing before the people today, and I'm letting the people know you're all we got. You're the one that's going to do this. And I'm asking you, Father, as the pastor with the people on behalf of Plantation Baptist Church, provide our need here in a marvelous way. We'll be sure to give you glory. We love you, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. God bless you as you give. God bless you as you listen to Brother Rod sing. On our road, we stumble and we fall. Hand in hand, we can tear down every wall. We will rest a weary spirit in the shadow of one cross. Then we'll walk undivided, stand in Christ is King, undivided. Hearts will change, and every knee shall bow. 
And every tongue will call His name out loud. He will gather all His nations, set His prison free. And then we'll be undivided and united. He has called for every heart to beat as praise Him, glorify Him, with one voice sing, Christ is King over all, one true church, forged by faith, undivided, to Christ we give the glory, Lord of everything, when we blend our voices, all the angels sing, so let us sing. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. What a message for the church today. What a need for the world today. An undivided church anchored in the person of Christ and on His Word. Take your Bible if you would, please. I'd ask you if you would to find the 11th chapter of the book of 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter number 11 will be our text this morning. 1 Service will be radically different than... Our normal service as we come to the table of the Lord today. If you're visiting with us or you've never come to the table of the Lord with Plantation Baptist Church, you're in for a great treat today. This is um, <clears throat> not something that we do every week or every month. The Bible does not give us a timetable as to when to do it. The Bible just says for as often as you do it. And our prayer here is that when we come to the table of the Lord, that it's not ritual or routine, that it's a very special moment. And I've asked God fervently to 
be very intimate today and very personal today in your heart and in your mind. And I want you to experience a real communing with the Lord at His table. And so I thought I would begin our time today by doing a responsive reading over the passage. And out of respect for the Word of God as you read, I would ask you, if you would at this time, to stand with your Bible or your phone, whatever device you have. I'm going to begin in verse 23. I'll read verse 23, and then you will read verse 24 together. We'll go back and forth all the way through verse 34. Pastor, it's been a long time since I did a responsive reading in a church. Yeah, but it's God's Word. The Bible says, For I have received of the Lord, verse 23, that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. Together, please. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you, this do in remembrance of me. After the same manner also he took the cup, when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as oft as ye drink it, in remembrance of me. Together. For as often as ye eat this bread, and drink this cup, ye do show the Lord's death till he come. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread, and drink this cup of the Lord, unworthily, shall be guilty of the body, and blood of the Lord, together. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread, and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily, eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body, together. For this cause, many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. For if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged together. But when we are judged, we are chastened of the Lord, that we should not be condemned with the world. Wherefore, my brethren, when you come together to eat, tarry one for another. Lastly, and if any man hunger, let him eat at home that ye come not together unto condemnation, and the rest will I set in order when I come. May God add his, reading, his blessing to the reading of his word. You may be seated, please. It's very difficult to make a presentation of the Lord's Supper on a Sunday morning. Normally, we usually, as a church body, reserve the Lord's Supper for Sunday evenings, Usually Sunday evening is when more of just the church is than visitors and guests. However, however, visitors and guests are extremely welcome to the table of the Lord today. In our church, and according to the scripture, we believe for someone to participate in the Lord's Supper, they must be born again and have undergone water baptism. We get that from the book of Acts, chapter 2. You do not need to be a member of our church to come to the table of the Lord. The table of the Lord is for the body of Christ. What I need you to understand today is exactly what the Lord's table is. I trust 
that you will listen intently. I trust that you will have an understanding. I trust that God will work in your heart and your mind. The first thing I need you to understand is the institution of the supper. It was instituted at the close of the supper of the preparation for Passover. What we are doing today is because we are commanded to do this. This is not the table of Plantation Baptist Church. No church owns the table. The table is the table of the Lord. The Lord Jesus instituted the table. He is the reason for the table. He has invited us to the table. But I need you to understand in your mind that this is not just a church dogma. This is not a religion. This is not a ritual. This is not opportunity for you to take a bite of cracker and pop a drink. It's the table of the Lord. Because it is His table, He has set forth the objectives of His table. As we read in the scripture, there are two objectives to the table of the Lord. The first objective is to show forth the Lord's death. The word show is to signify, to proclaim, to make known. Basically what we are doing today is preaching, publicizing, presenting the death of the Lord Jesus. The Lord's Supper is a pictorial proclamation of the cross. Each time we as believers gather at the table of the Lord, we are setting forth the crucifixion of the Lord. You need to understand something. We are not re-crucifying the Lord. This is not a transubstantiation moment where He is afresh and anew again crucified. Jesus Christ died one time and one time is sufficient. We are not re-crucifying Him in our hearts or in our minds. We are remembering His crucifixion. Each time we gather at the table, we are proclaiming Christ crucified, declaring that Christ died for our sins and His sacrificial death alone is the ground for our salvation. This is why you need to be very, very, very careful with crucifixes. The objectives of the Lord's Supper is to show the Lord's death, but it is also to remind us that we are not remembering a dead Savior today. We are remembering a living Lord Jesus Christ. Had the Lord Jesus not risen from the dead, none of us would be saved. We're justified by His death. We are saved by His life. Be careful about carrying around a crucifix. Be careful about wearing one around your neck. Be careful about having them in your home. Why, pastor, would we need to be careful about that? Because Jesus Christ is not on the cross today. He is seated at the right hand of God the Father, victorious over death and hell and sin, and is our great Savior. 
You do show the Lord's death till he come. He is alive and coming again. Do this, he said. Do this. Do this in remembrance of me. What is the this? Think about me on the cross. Think about my death. It's interesting. No, the Lord does not ask the church to remember his earthly life. Sometimes a man may live a good life and then he dies an evil death or dies a death in some negative way. And we want to say, let's forget how he died and let's remember how he lived his life. Jesus says, forget how I lived my life and remember how I died. We're not here to remember his life. We're here to remember his death. The twofold objective showing the Lord's death and remembering his life carries with it and is seen in the objects of the Lord's Supper. The bread, the cracker. Unleavened has a little bit of a parching taste as to the example of the sinlessness of the Lord Jesus. Represents his body, which was broken for us. The cup represents his blood which was shed for us. The bread sets forth the body of our Lord as the instrument which bore our sins. The Bible says it this way, who his own self bare our sins. Our sins, not his sins, our sins. Not just our sin, but your sin, my sin, in his own body on the tree, that we being dead to sins should live unto righteousness By whose stripes ye were healed. Our sins were laid upon his body. The bread therefore sets forth our Lord as the substitute. His death was substitutionary. The Bible says it this way in 1 Peter. That the just died for the unjust. Understand, he died in your place. Died for you. That should have been us under the condemnation of our sin. That should have been me in a Christless eternity. I was the guilty. He was the innocent. I was the unjust. He was the just. I was the taker. He was the giver. He died for you. Don't just see his death in your mind. See him in your place. What love. The cup. The cup sets forth the blood as the seal of the covenant. The New Testament or the New Covenant. Not new in respect to time, but, in etern- or, uh, but old in respect to eternity as promised throughout the Scripture. As the bread proclaims the sacrificial body, the cup contains and proclaims the covenant of the blood. The blood is the alone ground for the remission of sin. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. Had Jesus died of a heart attack, he would not be the Savior. I have had the opportunity to walk the Via Della Rosa in the city of Jerusalem. It's a fascinating walk if you ever get the opportunity but understand, Jesus didn't just bleed at the cross. He began to bleed at, the, at, at Pilate's palace. 
When you think about that walk and you think about the way they beat him to where you couldn't even recognize him as a man. 39 stripes on his back to where his organs literally saw My friend, there was a trail of blood down the Via Della Rosa. When they got him there, they laid the cross down and they pounded the stakes into his hand. They pounded the stakes into his feet. The death of crucifixion was asphyxiation, which means you hung on that cross and your whole body became disjointed. To breathe, you would literally stand on the spike and get your breath. And then you would... They get your breath. And so when they wanted to hurry the process, they would snap the leg of the one on the cross. No longer could you push up and you asphyxiated. Pilate marveled that Jesus had been dead so soon. And so they wanted to hurry up the process and they came to break his legs. But the problem was, the Bible said, not one bone of his would be broken. When they came to the Lord Jesus, he was dead already. Evidence, no man took his life He laid it down. He has power to lay it down and he has power to raise it up again. Well, we got to prove he's dead, right? Come here, sir. Stick that thing in him. And they jammed that spear and it come up in him. And the Bible said, out came blood. Out came water, the evidence of a broken heart. My friend, the body proclaims the sacrificial death. The cup proclaims the covenant of the blood of Jesus Christ. The blood of Christ as the blood of sacrifices is the only ground in which we can approach God. The Lord's Supper is intended to keep before the church family the immense fact that redemption is by and through the blood of Jesus Christ alone. It is the blood of Jesus Christ that satisfied the payment for my sin. It satisfied the judgment of God. In short, the Lord's table is evidence that Christ, our Passover, was sacrificed for us. He was buried and he has been risen again. Two truths are real to us this morning as we come to the table of the Lord. We understand, those of us that believers, that judgment and death are behind us and that glory in the coming of the Lord is before us. I don't know about you, but I'm looking forward to that day. I get to see Jesus face to face. There was a caution to the table. We were told to examine ourselves. Understand, this is holy ground. Understand, church family, you don't come here flippant. Understand, you've been invited today by your Savior, to commune with your Savior. The Bible said, let a man and a woman examine themselves. It's interesting that before you come to the table of the Lord, you are to examine yourself. The pastor is not to examine you. Your wife's not to examine you. Thank God, says the pastor. Every born again child of God is examining myself that I may be able to communicate solemnly and not come to the table carelessly I am to make heart searching inquiry and approach the table with humiliation I am to come to the table intelligently I am to come to the table appreciative. 
I am to understand what is happening, why it is happening, and where I am. Upon examination, I understand my right to be at the table, and I feel at ease, and I'm able to enjoy the table. So let me just be real clear, right? God knows everything. He knows your heart. He knows your mind. He knows every motive we have. He knows every place we've been. He knows everything we've done. Kind of scary when you think that God knows everything. And yet, in knowing everything, God loves us. But you can't come to the table of the Lord and make a mockery out of his table without reckoning who Jesus is, what he has done, and how that affects your life. Jesus himself said, I want you to examine yourself. I want you to ask yourself some questions. Do I have a right to be here? The right to be here is if you've been saved. If you're born again, say amen. Amen. And you have a right to be at the table of the Lord. Do I have an appetite to come to the table of the Lord? Is Jesus really and truly the food of my soul? Am I really serious in my walk with the Lord? Where am I? Understand this, church family. The table of the Lord is not designed to drive you from the Lord. It's designed to draw you to the Lord. So let me just give you a little physical illustration and we'll have our elements. This is God's table. This is the Lord Jesus, his table. He knew as humans that we would be forgetful people. He never wanted us to forget his death, his burial, and his resurrection. He loved us prior to salvation. He loves us after salvation. He desired a relationship with us prior to salvation. He desires a relationship with us after salvation. And by the way, once you've been saved, there's nothing you can do to ever lose God's salvation. And he wanted time with you. And so he instituted his table. And today the table is set. I took something when I was in high school called a Christian manhood class. I was far from being a man, but they tried to teach us how. One of the things they taught us was when, you, when you're seated at a table, when you go to a restaurant and you sit in a booth, you sit across from one another. But did you know if you only have two people and you go to a restaurant and there's four chairs, you never want to sit across. That's improper etiquette. Why? Because you have to talk like this. The proper etiquette is you take a chair on a corner and who you're having dinner with takes this chair right here. And so your conversation can be intimate. So today, Christian, Jesus has set the table. He's calling you. Sit right here. Jesus is going to sit right here. Now you as a Christian, 
you got to think, oh, man, I, I don't feel worthy to commune with the Lord today. It's not about your worthiness. It's about his command. Yeah, but pastor, there's things between me and the Lord that just aren't right. Right. But when you come to the table and you're reminded that he gave his body and you're reminded that he shed his blood, what in the world is so important to you that you would allow it to become between you and the Savior? When I sit here, my sin doesn't pay in comparison to God's love for me. What would I keep from God? Why would I not humble myself? The Lord Jesus is here ready for forgiveness. The Lord Jesus is ready here to restore fellowship. The Lord Jesus wants to commune with you. And the, and the beauty of it is, if you will allow him to cleanse you and forgive you, then he is the one that will make you presentable for the table. It's not time for you to say, no, 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 no. I'm, I, I can't come to the table because I'm not worthy. He already knows that. The table's not designed to drive God's people away. It's designed to force you to examine yourself where you are in your relationship with the Lord, where you are in your service to the Lord, where you are in your walk with the Lord, and to commune with Him. And if there is anything between you and the Savior, you want to get it right with God today. Amen? Amen. He's done so much for us. The table is set. Shall we pray? Men of God, would you please gather for the passing of the elements? Heavenly Father, God, I feel your presence in the room. It's the people of God are here. We understand what we are about to do. We're about to remember your death and your sacrifice. Remember your resurrection. But we're also coming face to face with our desire to commune with our Savior today. Lord, if there be anything between us, I pray that you're finding God's people humbling themselves, seeking forgiveness and cleansing, and allowing you to make the time at the table of the Lord sweet, joyful, clean. These are things that you do for us. Bless us now. I beg you to. In Jesus' name. Amen. Here's how the table will work. If you are here today and you are not a believer in the Lord Jesus. Really and truthfully, this is not for you to partake. Really and truthfully, as you sit there. Now would be the time for you to open up your heart. Now would be the time for you to see the great love of God and the sacrifice that he died for us. And now would be the time for you, while the bread is being passed out and being, the music's being played, to ask the Lord Jesus to save you. Christian, when you get the bread, this is the time you search your soul. This is the time you do business with the Lord and you pray and you wait and we will partake of the body of the bread together. God bless you. Men, pass out the elements.
you hand that microphone to Brother Randy Williams and ask Brother Randy, would you pray and thank God for the giving of his son and thank the Lord Jesus for allowing his body to be broken for us, please. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for all that you've done, Lord. We praise you. You are King of kings, Lord of lords. Lord, in all your glory, even the smallest of humanity, you loved us. Thank you, Lord, for breaking your body, Lord, for us, Lord. Thank you for all that you do. Lord, your word says that, but God commended his love toward us that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Thank you for that truth. The songwriter had it wonderful. Be saved to sin no more. We just praise you, Lord, and thank you for all you do. In Christ Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The Bible says that when he had given thanks, he broke the bread and said, Take eat, this is my body which is broken for you, this do in remembrance of me. As you partake of the bread, I would just ask you, Christian, just see him on the cross in your place. God bless you as you partake. The Bible says, after the same manner also, he took the cup. At this time, we'll have the passing of the cup.
One thing that always gets my attention about the cup is the dark color of the juice. Look at your juice cup for a second. When you're hurt and you're bleeding, the brighter the blood, the less dire. When you're hurt real bad, your blood comes out real dark. Sometimes people don't understand the blood and salvation by the blood. Pastor, what do you mean you have to come under the blood? Oh, if you remember in the nation of Egypt, when the Israelites were coming out, that tenth plague, God told the nation of Israel and anybody that would listen, I want you to kill a lamb. And I want you to take the hyssop And I want you to dip it in the blood of that lamb. And I want you to go to your houses. And I want you to put the blood on the post of those doors of your house. And he said, I want you to get inside of that house. And get behind that blood. Because the death angel's coming. And you know the plague, right? The Jews by nation and many of the Egyptians together joined with them. And they killed that lamb. And they put that blood on their doorpost and they went into their houses and they waited for the moment the death angel was coming. You couldn't see the death angel, but you could hear it. Anybody that ignored putting the blood on their doorpost when the death angel came by their house, the firstborn child dropped dead in the house. It was the punishment of God. Can you imagine sitting in your house and it's your street? You imagine hearing the scream of a mother and a father houses down. You imagine as the angel's getting closer and the scream. All of a sudden it's close and the scream and then there's Then in a little bit, you hear the scream on the other side of your house. And you know in that moment, death passed over us. He went by us. We're safe. They had got behind the blood and they were protected from the death angel. Well, I by faith, like many in this room, We've gotten under the blood of Jesus and his blood has covered our sin. And on that day when the death angel comes, he's passing over me and we shall forever be with the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise his holy name. Brother Mike, pray. Thank God for the shedding of his blood. Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much for today. Lord, we truly thank you for the blood. Without the shedding of blood, Lord, there is no remission or forgiveness of sin. And as, as horrific that, as that sounds, Lord, that, that story that Pastor just gave, but we just rejoice in that because that was your plan for you to save us through the, the death and on the cross of Jesus Christ. And Lord, we just celebrate not so much the death, but of course the resurrection three days later. And we just take that, Lord, and remember it today. God, we just thank you again for your goodness, Lord, and we just pray as we go out and from this table of remembrance, 
that we would just increase our faith and have faith over the fear, Lord God, and be strong in you. We love you, Lord. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. The Bible says, after the same manner also he took the cup, when he had supped, saying, this cup is the New Testament of my blood. This do you as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. God bless you as you partake of the cup. There should be a place in the pew in front of you for you to put your cup, the one that the bread came in, if you just take it and dispose of it or you leave it there and we'll get it. Thank you, gentlemen. You may be dismissed. Thank you for helping. The Bible says after the after he had instituted the feast, they went out singing a hymn. I can only think of one hymn that is fitting as we show the death and the life of the Lord Jesus. And that would be the fourth hymn of the great, or the fourth verse of the great hymn, How Great Thou Art. It begins when Christ shall come. By the way, he could come today. What an anniversary day. What a way to celebrate. As your pastor, I want you to know I love you. As your pastor, I want you to know that I rejoice with you. And I'm excited for what God has, has done and God is going to do. And together, we celebrate 58 years. I think we should applaud that as a wonderful testimony. I think we should stand. I think we should sing the verse. How great thou art when Jesus comes. God bless you. See you Wednesday night. See you back next Sunday. When Christ shall come with shout of acclamation And take me home, what joy shall fill my heart Then I shall bow in humble adoration And there proclaim, my God, how great Thou art Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to Thee how great thou art, how great thou art. Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to thee. How great thou art, how great thou art. God bless you all, you are dismissed.